Hey, South Africa, welcome to Farmers Inside Track Weekend. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu. In this edition, we welcome Dion Hubert, Special Citrus Growers Association envoy for market access and EU matters. He explains how the European Commission's Standing Committee on Plants, Animals, Foods and Feeds approved changes to the cold storage treatment regime for oranges imported from countries where false codling moth is present will impact farmers and the agricultural industry in Mzanzi. Dion, I'd hope to connect under better circumstances, but nonetheless, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. It's great to have you with us. Well, I talk from Greece, but the world's a small place that you can work from anywhere. Yes, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. Now, before we get into today's discussion, maybe just a bit of background of yourself, you know, your journey in the agricultural industry for our listeners who might not know you and your position and everything that you do in the agri-space. Donald's pleasure. I, look, I grew up in uh, Pretoria and went to Stellenbosch University, did a ma- master's eventually in agricultural economics and then joined the department for my sins. I, had, I was the extension officer, which was fantastic. And then I had five years in Brussels as the agricultural counselor, which looked at market access in general for agriculture. Came back to South Africa, did some work at Parliament for three years with the Minister of Agriculture at the time on policy advice for market access. And then I joined the old Decidious Fruit Board, Unifruco, Cape Span. And then about uh, eight years ago, the citrus black spot came back on the radar and the citrus industry decided they needed specific attention to what was going on. And, and I joined them in 2014 as has been a fantastic journey for us both. I think for the industry and myself, especially, it's a wonderful job. But it entails that you have to be get around, you have to influence decision makers on agricultural market access policy. Hence, I try and spend about seven or eight weeks a year in Europe. So I go for a week every alternative month and try and find solutions to market access in individual EU member states. So Currently, my employment, I'm called the Special Envoy on Market Access for the e, for the CGA, the Citrus Grove Association. So I work two bigger markets, the EU in its 27 members and the US. So principally anything that hinders market access for South African citrus is, is my focus. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think you have such an important role to play. And I think our farmers thank you every day for that. And that brings me exactly to the point of discussion today, Dion. The changes to the cold treatment for oranges imported from third-party countries where false codling moth is present and it's predominantly you know, affecting South Africa and Zimbabwe. Why are these approved changes so controversial? Can you break it down for us? Any country in the world, if you go back to the late 90s, the liberation of agricultural trade protection, they all call it G or GATT, General Agreements on Tariffs and Trades, and the new one is called the World Trade Organization. Those ones, the initial idea was to lessen the subsidies in agriculture and principally let the best guy who is the best naturally gifted or inclined or climatically you know, possessed in terms of being able to produce, let them do the majority of that production. And that helped a lot, except most of the tariff barriers were set at a certain level, protection. So as an example, the EU was about 65% PSE, price subsidy equivalent, implying that 65% of the product's price is paid by the taxpayer, not by the consumer. So it's a very big subsidy. South Africa traditionally was around 20%. At the moment, South Africa is about a 05 and 1% agricultural subsidy. It's not direct. It's more in terms of infrastructure, roads, electricity, and so forth, which we have a few of challenges at the moment. 
but in Europe, it's about 30, 43% currently. So that whole idea was to break it down and make trade in agricultural products much easier. Unfortunately, that brought something to the fore, which we call SPS. It's phytosanitary and animal protection on health. So in citrus is specifically a challenge at the moment is that the EU would have measures which they can for normal plant and animal health issues where it is a problem or it poses a risk to their domestic production. Now, the two ones on the table for the South African citrus is citrus black spot and, as you rightly said just now, FCM false calling mod. So South Africa's view is that this is just plain protection. It's not really any, there's no scientific base to imply that we have a problem with the current access in terms of posing a risk. So in short, the EU imposed a measure on South Africa to so-called address false calling mod, which is the cold treatment that you referred to, that the change in legislation, which happened on the 24th of June. So that's the first part. To give you a little bit of an idea what's behind it is this. If you work in WTO terms on SPS, meaning plant health issues, then you'd need to show that this is really a risk to your business. The argument that we have, there's never been false calling mod outbreak in Europe, so it's never gotten across from anyone, never mind South Africa. And South Africa, as an example, last year had 15 interceptions, meaning that they found false calling mod in citrus. That arrived, we do about 800,000 tons, which is about 40,000 containers to Europe. So it's extremely low. It's in the 99.999% are we clean. So it's a very, very low incident and international term that would be virtually ignorable. So in other cases, there are interceptions up to 129 from individual countries on false cutting mod, on peppers and notably flowers, and there's nothing done about that. So in WTO terms, you would argue this is non-horizontal, meaning that they are discriminating against South Africa. They're not looking at false calling, but they're actually trying to address a market access issue with regard to citrus. So they what they call disproportionate, it's discriminatory, and it's, it's not mitigating any risk on their side. So it's just administrative and a protection measure. So to go back now to the cold treatment, what it implies now is it much more of cold fruit that goes to Europe, citrus, need to be cooled down to a very low degree to add to additional protection ability or protection measure to protect the EU farmers against false calling mark. And based on our history and our performance, we are by far the best performer on imports to Europe on countries that have false calling mod. And nothing is done about them, but they've focused on South Africa, Eswatini and Swaziland, which are by far the biggest importers of citrus to Europe. Dion, in a Food from Zanzi article, you've highlighted that these new regulations would pose a serious threat to the continuity of orange imports from South Africa into Europe. How exactly will these new regulations change the game for farmers? And what are the cost implications, if you could maybe break that down for us? What it implies that normally we have a very sophisticated risk management system called the FMS, the False Calling Mod Management System, which has been implemented for the last three years in South Africa. And it's been impressive in the way that it's dealt with any false calling mod being detected on the borders of Europe. That is a measure or a disinfectant measure in totality. So, so the systems approach we use means we do a lot of inspection, we do a lot of 
if we find false colimot, there's sprays, virus sprays, mating disruption, there's various things they do. At the end, one of the aspects of the systems approach that we follow is to transport the citrus in cool conditions to Europe, cold conditions. So a container would be set, say, at two degrees or one degree or zero degrees to cool the fruit down. And that makes the life cycle of the false coddling mod, which at that stage is probably a larva. If we haven't detected in any of the previous measures, it then the cold temperature would damage or kill the larvae and it wouldn't be able to complete its life cycle, hence not be a risk to Europe. So in those cases, so that would be the normal thing. But what the EU has done now, it's overimposed cold treatment mandatory of excessive cold and period on South African oranges as group within our exports has come down from 14 to 12 to 10 intercepts over the last three years. So it showed a strong decline. And even the 14, as I said, is so small that compared to 129 from any other country that imports, say, flowers, it raises virtually no risk. So the cold treatment per se, which is now required in terms of cooling the fruit in cold stores or cold tunnels down to two degrees, is going to add massively to the cost of shipping and producing product citrus, oranges for Europe. Dion, you've also warned that these new regulations will put the sustainability of the industry at risk with a serious impact on rural jobs that it sustains. This is truly heartbreaking. What's the impact here? Can you break it down for us? Where do we stand? If you look at the citrus industry in South Africa, it's a massively impressive industry. It has grown from 110 million cartons in 2014 to over 160 million cartons last year. So that's a growth of 50 million cartons in seven years. And the other one that's impressive is if you add 10 million cartons to the export basket, you principally create 10,000 rural jobs, which is fantastic in the South African context. So if you do the maths quickly, you say 50 million times 10, you do 50,000 jobs. So the citrus industry has principally created 50,000 jobs over the last six, seven years in agriculture. Now, the moment you add a lot of cost to the export cost of, say, citrus or oranges, you are definitely limiting some fruit leaving South African shores. Now, apart from the 50,000 jobs that we've created over the last six, seven years, we've also, the income has, has gone up from about eight, nine billion to virtually 30 billion foreign income. So it's been a fantastic story. And the last one I want to add, which is also a wonderful stat, is that the citrus industry invests heavily in the training and and schooling of new entrants. So we have an academy which does wonderful work. And I think over the last 10 years, if my stats serve me well, we've trained about 600 kids, mostly from new entrants and from previously disadvantaged groups. And we've absorbed virtually 85 in, in the industry. So what a wonderful thing to have with the industry growing. Firstly, not only creating a lot of income, not creating jobs, but also training and educating kids to take part in the citrus industry. And if you then add the cost of, say, let's assume another dollar or two or another year or two on the cost chain because of the cooling, then those products won't leave South African shores. So it means instead of growing, we're going to shrink. And if we shrink, we're going to shed jobs and it's mostly in rural areas. So that would be an absolute travesty for South Africa. That definitely, as I said, is really heartbreaking. Dion, is there any kind of turnaround from these approved changes and the subsequent dire impact on the industry, on the citrus industry? 
we view these things quite seriously as a threat to our sustained growth. And as I said to you before, we view it as discriminate and disproportionate. One of the nice things they say in the international trade world is that your measure to protect yourself must not be disproportionate to the danger that that's raised. So let's assume you have a fly on your lap. You don't go and hire a 28-pound hammer to hit this fly off your knee. You take a nice swatter. Now, exactly with trade. So what it implies is if you have got a threat. Now, the threat, two things. CBS is never established in Europe, and we've had more than 100 years of trade. So I always argue and say that on CBS Citrus Black Spot, we're living a living scientific experiment showing that CBS has never been established in Europe. So our argument that CBS cannot be transmitted through the fruit export pathway as scientifically backed by CRI, our research arm, is true. And secondly, false calling mod, our performance and our track record proves that too. So at the end, if they sort of paint you in a corner, which has now just happened, your outcome or your relief comes from going to the WTO and addressing the case there in a trade dispute. And then your country of dispute, South Africa, EU, they have to explain then into a panel of world trading experts why this measure or protection is, is required. And I think in this case, I think it's been enough now. So I think South Africa would seriously consider now to take this case to the WTO. And if we are right, then it would say these measures are inappropriate and unnecessary and it will be removed. And there could be damages in that. So I think that is probably a path that the citrus industry at the moment is seriously considering. And then uh, just a follow-up question on that, Dion. Is there then any timelines attached to it, this process now moving forward since the changes has been approved? What should the industry then, you know, farmers on the ground be thinking about? These things take a while, so it's not World Trade Matters unsolved in a week, just like normal legal issues. So I think this will take you know a year or two. But I think that for the moment, we are trying to discuss measures which would lessen the current impact and try and find practical solutions for farmers at the moment. So I hope that we can mitigate those to the fact that we might have to pay a little bit more, but we aren't going to stop the exports. And of course, the other important part is South Africa's part of BRICS. The Far East, China is one of the biggest producers of citrus, something like 35 million tonne, compared to South Africa's 2.6 million tonne. So they are they huge compared to South Africa. So we're very small. And mostly people sit like, you know, we, who's the biggest consumers of wine? It's also the guys who produce. France, France would drink a lot of wine because they produce. If you draw the parallel, if China could consume 35 million tons in their season, in the off season with a fantastic product that we have in terms of lemons and mandarins. And South Africa is really revered worldwide as a fantastic quality and tasty fruit user. So I think there's huge opportunities and potential in the Far East, in China, in India. I mean, it's both 1.3, 1.4 billion people, Pakistan. The Far East is big consumers of citrus, and I think South Africa can do a lot there. We've been traditionally and probably historically tied to Europe because we did most of our trade there, but it doesn't mean that the trade is over. And I think North America, the United States, consume a massive amount of soft citrus and lemons. We only export from the Western Cape due to CBS, and that is also underway to try and solve. So if we solve some of these issues, I'm really confident we're going to be a fantastic employer and producer of great quality fruit and much needed modern currency for South Africa. I think you have a very clear game plan, Dion. 
on the opportunities that are available to us based on these changes and how it's impacting the industry. So all the best with that. Do you have any final comments before we let you go and specifically the citrus growers and others in the value chain um, as we end this conversation? Citrus has had such a fantastic and a proud record in terms of growing over the last 20 years. And I think farmers have shown in South Africa that once they get the recipe, they can scale their activity. And I think that, you know, the, the focus on employment and training and allowing people to have a wonderful career in agriculture or in citrus is so well known. And I just think they uh, buckle down, guys. We're going through a few difficult years due to infrastructure problems on the harbors and stuff like that and the cost of logistics and market access. But Long term, this is a fantastic industry with, with massive capacity to adapt and fix stuff and create new opportunities. So I would say don't be disheartened at all. I mean, we have a lot of a great team work on market access and different other challenges like logistic costs. We'll solve them. The farmers are great with growing and producing and preparing a fantastic crop and giving opportunities to their fellow South Africans. I think guys just keep doing it and see the industry as a wonderful and a great place to work. So all those young kids out there, come on, guys. There's lots of work to be done. There's great opportunities in the citrus industry for your future. Train well, get yourselves well-educated, sell your skills, and grow the business. Thanks so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Dion Hubert, Special Citrus Growers Association Envoy for Market Access and EU Matters. That brings us to the end of this episode of Farmers Inside Track. For more on this story, you can go to Foodform Zanzi, that's www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And remember, if you loved this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members, and fellow farmers. From me, Dawn Numdu, our producer, Megan van der Vendt, and the rest of the Foodform Zanzi team, have an awesome weekend. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.